Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek on Twitter. We thank you very, very, very much for joining us. Please give us a five-star rating comment that is good for the podcast human beings, such as Big Kurt and I. Uh... So about a week ago, maybe even just five or six days ago, I had commented to friends or family, I can't remember, and said, man, you know, it's been warm, but it really hasn't been that humid. And boy, did that <laughs> that change on a dime. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, it was my fault. I take I take blame oh, for that. Oh, man, has it been humid. Midwest people. Um, now, granted, it's 90 degrees and humid. It's not 98 or 100 and humid like it is in the south. Correct. Texas will really melt your britches with that type of weather. Um, Carl Jackson was our running back coach okay. when I was at Iowa. And uh, he's from Texas. Like Houston, which is like especially hot, I believe. And for, especially humid. Correct. And uh, we would be complaining about the heat, you know, because it'd be upper 80s, lower 90s. And he's like, you wussies, this ain't hot. Yeah. I show you hot, you know, and just oh, yeah. make fun of us. Um, ironically, we are recording this from the downstairs athletic club where because of the three levels of cooling in any house, and my house is certainly no different, the upstairs is a little too warm for my taste. Uh, the middle is, you know, right where the thermostat's at. Down here in the basement, I believe we could legally hang meat from the ceiling, and it would it would keep just fine. It'd be fine. Um, it's this is one of the few places in the world that I'm actually cold when I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you had a choice between being too warm and too cold, always take cold. Yeah. Uh, what is your during the day thermostat setting for La Casa? Right, for La Casa right now is that it's at sixty eight. It is. It okay. is, which means it's too warm upstairs where I sleep, but downstairs it's it's perfect. Okay, but it, you know it just comes down to I don't want to crank the thermostat down to sixty two, so I'm you know comfortable at night sleeping. Okay, I I crank it down to sixty eight to get the upstairs somewhere around seventy seventy two. Sure. 72 during the day. That's our two settings. There's a four degrees. Have you ever thought like how crazy that is? It is crazy. I swear I feel that four degrees. Of course you feel that four degrees. Isn't that weird? It is weird. I mean, it really makes me think that we we are in the Goldilocks zone for where the earth needs to be from distance from the sun. Oh, we definitely I I, I did not mean to go down this path, but (laughs) it's just one of the things I always think about with thermostat settings. But then when you're outside, it doesn't affect, like if it was 72 or 68, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't notice. You wouldn't even notice. No. It's got to be like really pretty hot or really pretty cold. There's a whole swath in the middle. I'm just fine being outside in my house. That's it. I don't want to go below or above those temperatures. Okay. Now what about in the winter time? What do you set your thermostat at? It's about the same. Mine's at 62. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's chilly. It's chilly. Yeah. yeah okay. But it's perfect upstairs. Like yeah. it's a little cool downstairs, so it's a little reversal. but upstairs is perfect. Reversal of fortune yeah. right there. Okay. All right. Um. So we've got, We've got a plethora of housekeeping items. We we haven't recorded for is it two weeks or is it three? I think it's three now. Yeah, we we didn't exactly communicate this very well on Twitter, but we'd like to thank Standing Room Spartans for having us on our podcast. We we kind of just decided to use that as the eyes on big podcast for a week, even though we didn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, but if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the Standing Room Spartan podcast, 
shout out to them and give it a listen. It you'll you'll basically have two eyes on big podcasts to listen to all at once. Yep, and it's a kind of a new, not new podcast. Kevin, the the guy that does the podcast, had, had done one for a while. He went on hiatus and he came back and he rebranded it. So it's kind of new with the new branding. And I found him to be an excellent interviewer and overall human being. Yeah, from... good, good young man. Um, <laughs> great radio voice. Oh, great pipes. Yeah, velvety smooth. <laughs> so give it a listen. Yeah, good job, Kevin. That was fun. Okay, should we get into housekeeping? Well, before we get to housekeeping. Oh, well, this is so. This is almost housekeeping. Yeah. So I have a oh, little, and you got Clyde Mays. Well, I, you asked for Clyde Mays, I, but I, I didn't just get Clyde Mays. Okay. I got a single barrel. Nice. It's a single barrel Clyde Mays straight bourbon whiskey, 92 proof. Ah. So it's got a little kick to it. I like that. But it's not just your standard run of the mill Clyde. Really? I don't think so. Yeah. I'd have to take a look at oh, that. Oh, maybe it is. I it think looks that might the same. be I think that might be very effective branding that Clyde Mays does cuz this is the only type I've seen, but okay, the fact well, I, of the matter is it's fantastic and that's why I asked for it. So I asked the guy at the liquor store. I said, "Do you have Clyde Mays?" He goes, "Well, we have it, but it, all we have is the single barrel." So I felt oh. it seemed like he was saying this was different than okay. the norm. I don't know. Maybe I've never had it. Maybe he's right. I maybe I've only been buying the special stuff and I don't know it. But it looks delicious. We, we could share some before you leave. It is totally oh, up to you. So, all right. So <laughs> this was, what? which bet did I lose? Uh, J.D. Spielman, right? Was yes, it Spielman J.D. transferring? Spielman, yeah. Okay. This goes, this segues right into housekeeping. Housekeeping? No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping? The first item in housekeeping, Penn State quarterback Michael Johnson Jr. has entered the transfer portal. Aha. Yeah. I did not forget this. No. This has been sitting in my head for like, two years. I was going to say, as, I was going to say at least a year and a half. I think this is episode 112 that we're recording right now. Yeah. We made a bet in episode 33. Really? Yes. That's... So if you go back to episode 33 to the 40 minute and 30 second mark, we made a bet on who would transfer first, either Michael Johnson Jr., a four-star quarterback, or Taquan Robinson, the other four-star quarterback for Penn State. Turns out it was Michael Johnson Jr., I assumed we had bet a bottle of bourbon, so I wasn't going to have to buy that. We only bet 10 bucks. And I'm pretty sure if I remember, I was not very confident on this, so I only went with $10. Because... Probably. So here you go. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, so cash. All right. So we we probably exchanged about $20, $25 here total for as far right. as what the yes. 10 thing was. But yeah, so, I feel like I made up a little bit better. You made out a little bit better, but I do want to nip off of that thing. <laughs> For sure. Okay, moving on. We're going to spend some time in Lincoln, Nebraska here. We got a few stories out of Lincoln. Scott Frost mentions of the J.D. Spielman transfer. Quote, he's made a lot of plays in Nebraska. I wish him the best. I think both parties were pretty sure that a fresh start and moving on was probably the best decision at this point. I fully support that that uh, statement. Obviously a great talent. But we've heard some rumblings of things. His attitude wasn't great. You don't want that on your team. No. So it's not like Scott Frost has to win the West this year. They're going to give him plenty of time. He's trying to build a program, and you don't want a cancer on your team. And I don't know what's going on with J.D. Spielman. He, I'm, not, I'm not giving him any crap here, but this just not kind of. If that's going on, you don't want that kind of attitude. No. And I can tell you what. I, I'm familiar with this because the Ron Zook era at Illinois, right? Everyone looks back, oh, Ron Zook put so many players in the NFL, right? So great. They could have been so much better. But this, these are the kind of attitudes they had on that team, and it just brings you down. It brings the whole team down. His most talented team, I will never let this go, went 3-9. and nine. And that's 
typically largely what it is, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it was just loaded with NFL talent. They won three games. Yeah. And then at the same time, because I want to give him props, I've been watching a lot of just uh, football, Big Ten games from last year. I'm starting to try to re-remind myself who these teams were just, you know, six, seven months ago. It's amazing how much I've forgotten in six months. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched two, uh, two of the games I've watched were Minnesota, Nebraska, and Purdue, Nebraska. Mm. Um, he is a good wide receiver. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like Someone's going to use he's him. cat quick. Yeah. And, and so that's probably why it wasn't just a open and shut case for Scott Frost because he sees the talent, but I still think in the end it was the right choice. I agree. Moving on, Scott Frost regarding Adrian Martinez says, quote, year two, and I'm paraphrasing here, he was able to put it in, cr- in cruise control a little bit. I think that showed up on the field. Not to put everything on him, I don't think he'll be lax in his preparation ever again. What do you think he what do you think he's doing there? He's challenging him. I think he's just he's I'm not I don't think he's saying I think he's doing two things. He's challenging Martinez mm-hmm. and he's getting McCaffrey excited to go into camp. That's probably a good that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I think he's just giving Adrian a nudge, saying, Look, you're a junior, you're an upperclassman. It's time for you to be the leader. I don't want you just showing up and, and giving hundred percent. I want you being the first one here, last one to leave, that kind of thing. And, but that's the only thing that confuses me because I've always took Adrian Martinez as being exactly that. Maybe he guy. is. I don't know. But maybe it was just more that you gotta have that burn down in your belly right. to play this sport. I don't think there's any he's lighting a fire. Yeah, so the fire you can, bit. you know what I mean. You can be a guy that's a leader there all the time, doing the right things, saying the right things. Like there's, I don't think there's anything Adrian Martinez would ever do to embarrass Nebraska or any university no. or company he would ever work for. Because he's, I just think that's the type of guy he is. But maybe he was missing that killer instinct yeah. that you saw when he was a freshman. Yeah, and and Frost is trying to get that out of him. And I don't, I don't, I'm okay with him saying that. I think, I think that's. That's good on Scott Frost. I don't think I've seen a big reaction in social media f- jumping on him no. with that. It's I think that's good coaching. Staying in Lincoln, Nebraska lands offensive line transfer Ezra Miller. Now we also talked about Ezra Miller on that same episode thirty three podcast. Did you big, know that? It was a big episode. No, I, it was I did a big not. episode. Yeah, go back, go, go back and listen to that I'm one. Gonna, that was our that. first recruiting episode. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. So I talked about Ezra a little bit. He was a four star. Offensive lineman recruit from Iowa, right? He was an in-state guy, and he's going to Nebraska as a preferred walk-on. Now, our buddy, our insider, Jim in Minnesota, Nebraska super fan, tells me he's the idea is he gets the scholarship next year. Yes, but he's he'll walking. Have, yeah, he'll have to um, sit out or not sit out, just be a gray shirt. I don't know what the terminology is. Um, from the Iowa point of view, like I had a lot of Nebraska fans DM me or ask me, how good is this guy? And I'm like... I got no clue, man. I we mean, don't know he's, yet. He's never been on the field. Certainly, I didn't want to see him go. No. But I don't really know what the Iowa coaches could have done in this situation. He had uh, back issues. Right. And then, um, uh, the, I mean, he basically came out and said he had mental issues. There was... Oh, a, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a death in the family. There was oh, a lot okay. of things that were going on. So the, the coaches... Kept his scholarship for a while, and then when he said, "I basically said I don't know if I can play football anymore," they put him on a medical scholarship okay. so that he doesn't count against the, sure. the eighty-five scholarships. But they kept him sure around. I don't know how to say it in the program. Hmm. 
Then he changed his mind and said he just wanted to play. So he essentially unretired. Tough to pull off as a 19-year-old. And once he unretired, he couldn't legally, you can't go back to the university that medically retired you. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I had to look into this. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I was curious about all this. So I had to look into it. He put a big statement out. I read the statement. It was complimentary towards the Iowa staff. Uh, There was a little bit of a weird uh, wording he had with something. He had to go back and correct it. But overall, Complimentary towards the Iowa staff. Very much looking forward to his second shot in Nebraska. So I wish him luck. Yeah. Um, only so much luck, or maybe one Saturday. Yeah, in the one fall. Sa- maybe not great it, luck. It would be great if you sure. had like three or four holding penalties, but we'll see how it goes. Okay, staying right here in Lincoln, University of Nebraska, or University of Netflix. We saw a tweet that went viral on on Twitter. This uh, this guy at Coach Wolf fifty eight tweeted that his five year old saw the Nebraska helmet and said, Daddy, I want a Netflix helmet. And it just went, it ran wild on Twitter. And I sat there and I'm like... I've I'd never looked, thought of it. I've looked at the Nebraska helmet 8 million times. I've looked at the Netflix logo 4 million times. How have I never put the two together? I know, me it's neither. Even, it's even red. I know. The only thing it does, you got the little gradient with the Netflix okay. thing, right? Don't you? On the vertical parts of the yeah. end, you have a little yeah. gradient as it blends into the diagonal part okay. of the end, don't you? okay. But then it, to, I think that kind of fades out, though, into a solid end. Solid end. They're the exact same, I swear. I think they're the exact same. Like, I don't know what that font is. Guarantee a Nebraska it's fan's going to Sans back. Serif is what it is. That, no font. So no font means Sans Serif. I think so, yeah. Okay. All right. It's the exact same, though. You are, you got Netflix, right? I have Netflix, yeah. yeah. I very much enjoy Netflix. It's good stuff. What have you been watching on there? Uh Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. Maybe I should try that out. It's you know what I've heard is because of these, you know, troubled times that we're in, the shows that are killing it right now are shows from 5, 10, 20 years ago that yeah. people are like doing chicken soup for the soul and it's Star Trek the Next Generation for me. I'm I'm trying to watch The Mandalorian. I just got Disney Plus. I rec- it's, I it's recommend good. It's good. Yeah. You know, I, I don't love it yet. It I'm two episodes in. I, I would say it's just a solid B plus throughout the whole yeah. thing. Did you know John Favreau did that? I did. Yeah, I didn't know that until yeah. just recently. Yeah, and then the uh, Game of Thrones guy. That's he's he's the the dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, no kidding. All right, moving from Lincoln to Iowa City, where Akram Wadley, former Iowa running back, put out a statement on Twitter, and th- there was a number of grievances he had. He one of his quotes was, "Playing for Iowa was a living nightmare." Was told of being forced to gain weight, which sounds a lot like. Every football player is asked to do that I've ever talked to. Forced to eat medium rare steak. Mmm, that sounds good, doesn't it? I could take a medium rare steak right now. Yeah, I, I'd go for that right now. Now he he says that Kirk Ferentz threatened and then eventually took his meal cart from him, so he couldn't eat, which seems contradictory to him gaining weight. And then he was forced to do community service for unknown reasons, apparently. And there's some other things. He, he said um, he was wearing a hat, and Brian Ferentz asked him if he had just robbed a bank. Not so, just a hat. This was a ski mask where the only thing that you could see of his face was his eyes. Okay. And i just like to say, I understand the racial undertones to it. And you got to be careful with that stuff, this day yeah. and age. The one thing I would just try to throw out there is, hey, folks, you ever been in a locker room before? It's a little bit more jovial and laid back Correct. than the real world. So just try to picture that setting when you read that. Right. So I'm not saying that 
nothing bad happened to Akram Wadley. I don't know. I wasn't there. So basically, I think context matters. But this, of course, is bad timing as the other stuff has been coming out. Well, it's not bad timing. It's coming out because of the other well, it's stuff coming is out. Yeah, it's coming out because of the other stuff. So obviously, I'm biased, right? I mean, we we know I'm the Iowa guy. Um, I know Kirk Ferentz personally. He knows my dad personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still will contend that the guy that you see is the guy that he is. He hasn't been putting on an amazing acting job for 21 years now, counting the other seven or eight that he was in Iowa city before that. Um, uh, Akram Wadley, uh, and his mom wanted the coaching staff to recruit his younger brother just weeks ago. And then when they decided, no, we're going to pass suddenly all of this stuff came out. Well, that's interesting timing. Another Akram Wadley little factoid is he, ran a little website where he uh, was selling off Iowa memorabilia or just signed things. And he took the money and never actually gave the memorabilia out to the people. So hmm. that's a little bit of a character situation. That's that you might suspect. Wanna, yeah. So again, probably where there's smoke, there's fire. But what this is to me is what you got the chance right now, right? Temperature, to, uh, um, People are hot with stuff. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to try to go for it. The attorney, I don't want to say his name. His initials are RTG. He is representing Akram Wadley. He did a radio interview. The only thing he did in that radio interview is hurt everything about himself and anything that he's quote-unquote fighting for for Akram. He could not have sound yeah. more like a dime store lawyer than he did. I did interview. not listen, but I heard it was a, not a good look for I him. I took like four minutes of listening. I'm like, I can't. I, I yeah. got what I needed to hear. I don't need to hear anymore. Okay. Maybe I mean, this is just crazy. This is just ridiculous, all this stuff. Like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of drama, not just Iowa, just everywhere. I, mean, I know, I'm, just, I'm tired of drama. I don't want to hear, I don't even want to hear drama with my rivals. I just, I just, I want to hear good news until end of August. I mean, not having sports really is bad for society, isn't it? We would have a distraction. We, can we, can we confirm that? I think we can confirm that now. Yeah. Okay, moving on, right along. Illinois linebacker, Milo Eifler. He, you can find him on Twitter, <laughs> at underscore Milo Eifler. He tweeted out something that also kind of blew up. And, and I'm quoting him directly here. I understand that people want to see us play this season, but in reality, how can a team full of 100-plus student-athletes fully function during a pandemic? Trust, my teammates and I want to play, but schools around the country are showing blatant disregard for student-athletes. And I don't disagree with anything he said right there. Now, he was suppo- this was just totally coincidental. He was supposed to be doing a media interview, a Zoom interview, just hours after he tweeted that. And it was just... Like, the media couldn't believe, oh, my gosh, he just tweeted this, and now we get to talk to him? This is amazing. Illinois postponed it for, like, three hours. I'm not sure what happened those three hours. I'm sure he took a nap or something like that. (laughs) But he did do the Zoom interview that day. And he got interviewed for about an hour. He did clarify that he wasn't directing anything specifically at Illinois and that he says Illinois is taking the right steps, blah, blah, blah. He just means schools in general, that – that football in general, he doesn't know how we can do this. Um, some of the things he asked during the interview, how can we guarantee player safety? Will we even be able to finish a season? Will they get an extra year of eligibility if they don't finish a season or don't play a season? Should we even bother to play? How will this impact my chance, other people's chances of the NFL? Discuss the idea, this was good, of, quote, what is voluntary? Because, yeah, they're having 
you know, you can play or not play, but is it, there's a lot of pressure to play, I guess is what he's saying there. So what defines voluntary? By the way, Milo's a really smart guy. Comes I was going to say, great- he's, he is bringing up amazing points. And a lot of the stuff we touched on, I think it was on the previous podcast. So he's asking great questions. Yeah, the one, he, the- and he, he said some guys, he, he, this is kind of, this was a, a, like a look behind the curtain. He said some guys are scared to play. There's guys out there that, that are scared um, and just aren't saying it. And then he was asked, are you going to be ready to play this fall? And he said, well, is there a vaccine? Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty it's pretty big. By the way, his mom's a PhD of environmental and community health science at UC Berkeley. So there's there's some brains running through yes. Milo. I guess the one so he brings up a lot of good points. The one that bl- blows my mind. There there's there's two that I just it's hard for me to fathom. Obviously, nobody on the planet wants college football to happen more than me. Some people want it to happen just as much as me, and one of them is probably sitting right across yep. from the table. But nobody wants it more than me. With that being said, if you don't allow fans into the stadium, what message does that send to the players that are on the field? Correct. The second one, and I think this maybe is even bigger, if you're not going to let the general students go to Correct. live classes on campus, but the players are there to play football... What kind of message does that send? A horrible message is what it sends. Long story short, at least 50% of the people should be in the stands, and I believe that the students should be on campus. I think that's a good like baseline. If those thing, two things can't happen, how can you play a season? Because at that point, the players are just feeling like used pieces of meat. Correct. And while we're stating stuff and we've you know i think we've took a pretty hard stance on this um joel Klatt is somebody that's not afraid to take a hard stance on this um yeah people that are medically inclined that let's just say control their own voice seem to be in the uh, uh grouping of wanting kids and saying that kids should be right. back in school this fall on campus, in high schools as well, because they know how teeny tiny the chance is that somebody's going to die from this, from that age group, health, all that stuff. Yeah. Along the lines of, if you just keep locking people in, their immune systems are just going to keep dropping. Yeah. I don't think people really, I did, I don't, I'll, I'll admit it, I didn't realize it until I had kids in daycare. So I got a crash course on this about four years ago how often you actually get exposed to junk. It's a lot. Yes. And your body is constantly, you know, you just don't feel good for two or three days, but you're just like, oh, that's weird. Oh, I'm, sure. I, I'm pooping all the time. And then you're, <laughs> I've, I've got a headache. What's going on? And then you're fine. You know, right. it, it hits you Monday. By Thursday, you're okay. Right. Thank God, because it's time to have a cocktail. Then. You probably had something. You probably had something, you. yes. And, and, and it makes you I, stronger. This is, this is how it goes. So. Yep. Anyways. So have you heard of the Belk Bowl? I have. Okay. No, Belk Bowl, which is a great Twitter follow. It's the best bowl to follow on Twitter. Yeah, I think they're it, hilarious. I yeah, they're hysterical. So it Rename. Belk ceased its sponsorship of the bowl, unfortunately. Now this is the game that's played in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bank of America Stadium. But here's the bad news. <laughs> it's no longer news. Belk, but is now the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's the new sponsor. And damn it. 
If it's not an every other year Big Ten game. Did you know that? It is. It I is. I did not know that part. Yes. Oh, wow. It's ACC versus either the Big 12 or SEC. They, the Big 12, or I'm sorry, Big Ten and SEC, they alternate every year. Okay, but the they're always the playing ACC. Always playing the ACC. Okay. So, How funny is it going to be where the first Big Ten team that's going to play in it is going to be Illinois? Illinois. Yes. And you're, and you're going to go. <laughs> And, and they're going to be gonna, hanging out. They're going to be handing out mayo. Everything. Everything's going to be mayo. All the shirts that I buy from the game, it's going to be Illinois in the mayo bowl. You're going to be in line at the, the stadium, and you'll be like, can I get that chicken sandwich without mayo? Sans and everybody's going to. Oh, yeah. Like, the record's going to skip, stop. Everybody's going to look at you. Oh, boy. So, um, let's see. Oh, they're also sponsoring. Dude, this is weird. Duke's Mayo is sponsoring a regular season game. I believe it's this year. Notre Dame versus Wake. Okay. That's weird. Mayo's taking over the world. But just a side note. Andrew yeah. Perloff with the uh, Dan Patrick Show just tweeted out, hey, I like to put Mayo on my hamburgers. Am I alone? Which is crazy. Sometimes I feel like this podcast controls the world because we just talked about this on the last podcast. Well, I think a lot of people like mayo on their hamburgers, don't Do, they? I don't know. I don't. That's maybe that's a Twitter poll. I think it would be about half and half. Yeah. I mean, I got deep into my definitely twenties. I think maybe even into my early thirties before I even knew to put mayonnaise on my burger. And then I put it on. I'm like, well, this is going on. Well, actually, time now. at one point you knew not to put it on. Then you started to put <laughs> yeah. it on. I wised up is what happened. You get yeah. wiser as you get older. So typically. You, you do enjoy the mayo on a, on a burger. I enjoy the mayo on a burger. And then do you also put ketchup on it? Probably. Yeah. I don't understand that. I know. I just can. I'll <laughs> never. Don't you just want you want to taste ketchup if you're if you have ketchup or you want to taste mayo if you have mayo in there? I'd rather taste the mayo. Well, then why do you put ketchup on it? I can go without ketchup. But sometimes you do put ketchup on it. I don't understand. Sometimes that. I put mayo, ketchup, and mustard. That, that, my mind is exploding right now. I don't I, understand. What's that. even crazier is you don't put anything on it. No, I don't put any that, condiments that's, on it. That's even crazier. Hmm. That dude. That's a. And I know you, you. You gave me an example of the greatest burger downtown Minneapolis. Yes, of course <laughs> that does not need any. Most burgers, eighty-seven percent of burgers, need some condiment help in order to help with their flavorness. No, put some cheese on there. That's enough. Okay. That's enough. All right. That's in that's in housekeeping. That, that's that was housekeeping. That was housekeeping. Right there. Um I say we go grab the nip. Yeah, the, oh, the nipness. That's okay. a good idea. Yeah, Let's take good. a break. Yeah. So by the magic of podcasting, boom. We've already got the bourbon down here, the glasses are poured. That was so quick. Cheers. So you have entered an Eyes on Big drinking episode. Yes, you have. Mmm. Tasty, mm. huh? You get that woody flavor at the back there. How good is that? Real woody. Yeah. I, I like it. I've but had not that overly that... woody. No. It's smooth? Smooth. Yes, smooth. I've had I've had that in old fashioned so Ooh. many times. It's been a while. Now oh, it's, it's it's dancing got, it's in got, there. It's, it's got cascading. Oh abilities. boy. I think I may have found a new bourbon, but this <laughs> yeah. is quite a bit pricier than than Bullet. When you really need a pick me up, maybe you found a ten dollar bill in a bet or on the <laughs> sidewalk. You're like, you know what? Today's the day. I'm gonna go from the twenty six dollar uh, Bullet to the thirty six dollar. Yeah, that's exactly the difference. About, about twenty six. Although I can get it as low as like twenty one or twenty two. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Um, do we remember? 
who asked us the, oh, the, it, the no, question. It, that's from a few episodes ago, right? It was from the mailbag. It was from the mailbag. Well, I'll have to give him credit. I'll, I'll tag him, and we can give him credit next okay. time. I don't right. remember who it was, though. So the, the mailbag question centered around essentially doing a draft of offensive and defensive coordinators. Um, so instead, we're, we're, we're pretty much doing that we're kind of in a way ranking them. What we're really going to do is we're going to pick our head coach. Then we're going to pick four offensive guys and four defensive guys. So yeah. that's our staff. We yeah. each got a staff of, of nine people. So we'll be picking 18 coaches with two of them being head coach. And I think it's good to stop it four on each side, because once you start getting down to the bottom, a lot of these guys are, it's not that they're bad. They're just unproven. There's right. a lot of guys that we just don't have a track record on. So Correct. it's kind of hard to tough. rank one to 14. Correct. In fact, when I was going through trying to do it, the best I could really come up with is like four tiers on each side. That's what I kind of ended with. And I figured I'd kind of sure. yeah. do it on the fly, but that, so this is, this is this is um you know it's an exercise. We'll see where this where this goes. I'm I'm not exactly sure if I'm gonna like my team or not in the end. There's a couple guys I I want. I know that much. It, this feels like. And the cool thing is, you could draft four offensive guys in a row, then fill up your defensive right. stuff. You you can you know we can do this however you want. I feel like uh, the like your your fantasy draft right. Yeah. Like I'm really hyped. Can't wait to get my team, and then you get your team like. Man, I really blew it, didn't yeah, I? I never liked my team. Never liked my team. Or I just thought it was amazing, and guess what? It always wound up about the same. Not but, good, but not not horrible. Actually, when I don't like my fantasy team, I end up doing well. Yeah. When I think I have a great team, that's when I know it's going to be a bad year. We're talking about fantasy football. That's 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 bad podcast. That's how that's how sad. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we're at right, right now. <laughs> that is accurate. Okay. All right. So. Uh, we gotta we'll do we'll do shoot we'll do paper scissors rock. Okay, all right. Remember, remember in Seinfeld? Oh yeah, where, where Kramer just kept doing rock. He's like, what beats rock? <laughs> Nothing beats rock. So they just keep yeah. shooting rock. Okay, one, one two, two, three. Oh, oh. It goes one, two, three. Shoot. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, I gotta clear everything from my brain. Hold on. Okay, one, one two, two, three. Shoot. Okay, one, one two, two, three. Shoot. Damn it. <laughs> So we went both paper, both rock. All right. One, two, three, shoot. Ah! Yes! I was scissor. Kurt was rock. You got me. To be honest with you, I don't even want the first <laughs> the first pick, though. Well, okay. That's what you're just going to have to You're gonna have to do it. I mean, okay, so. Now, by the way, a head coach can only be a head coach. So he's not eligible to be a coordinator. So we don't have to pick the head coach first. No, you can pick. You oh. can start wherever you want. Okay. You're first. Oh, boy. Okay. Yep. I think I know what I'm going to do. Okay. I think I know what I'm going to do here. Okay. I'm going with Iowa defensive coordinator Phil Parker. Dang it. Are you serious? Yes. I thought I'd be able to get two or three picks down. See, one of the things to talk about here is I don't know what talent level our team is at. Correct. Is it at the... Ohio State level? Is it at the Iowa level or is it at the Rutgers level? Well, the, the reason I, I believe his coaching would apply at that's any why grade. I'm picking him. Dang it! Is I think like I if you believe you just did if that you to put me. Phil okay. Parker on Ohio State, I think he would crush it. I think he if would you too. put him, I really can't believe you just did that at me. Northwestern. But I'm I'm happy too. At the same time, I'm 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 happy and impressed. Okay, 
Wow. All right. Um, well, in that case, I am going to go. Dang it. The thing is, is the best play callers, I believe, for offense are the head coaches. Brom and the Quaff. I, I agree with you there. Are one A and one B to me. So that's but but they're 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 head coaches. So that's exactly what I have on my list. I only have two okay. top tier offensive coordinators, and you just named them. All right. Um, then I need to grab who I thought I could get with my second pick because I got two picks here. We're snake. Correct. Right? We're doing snake. I'm gonna go Greg Madison. He is really my, yes. Okay. Ohio State defensive coordinator Greg Madison. Um, it is my opinion that, um, uh, the Ohio state defense took off when Greg Madison, Greg Madison was on the staff. There's no doubt that it took off when Um, Greg Madison came. I think you can pretty much every, anywhere Greg Madison goes, the defense suddenly is simplified down, attacks more and is just better. I don't know how else to say, but you don't think any of that had to do with Jeff Halfley. I'm not saying jet, nothing, but I okay. Hey, I, I have I pick. have faith. I have faith that the Ohio State defense is going to look good this year. Okay, and it's mostly because Greg Madison's on. So you're excited. I took. I'm, I took I'm excited. Madison. Okay. I'm excited. I mean, there is a lot of places to go with this. Um, I better go to offense. I think I am going to go with. I'm going to go crazy here. Okay, I'm going to go offense. Okay. I'm going to go Nebraska offensive coordinator, Matt Lubick. Are you surprised, serious? Surprised you there, didn't I? All yeah. right, give me a reasoning there. Listen, he's a little bit he's a little bit of a professor, okay? Uh, Big Ten West teams should be a little bit fearful for what Lubeck is going to bring to the table. Um, I think there's a little bit of a – I think it's a little bit of a calming voice, not afraid to tell Scott for us, no, that's not what we're okay. doing. So are, are we sure, though? That he's the one calling the plays. We don't know that, but I believe I believe you are going to see an influx of play calling, not from Scott Frost, okay. more this year than in previous well, years. Well, that was bold. I'm a bold type of person. So I so I get the next two picks, right? You get, you get two picks out. Oh, yeah. your 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 nipples are hard. I can tell. Just looking at see, you. See, this is this is the feeling I get when I know that I'm going to draft a great fantasy team, but I'm going to end up at like dead last. So, but I'm, but I'm confident. You're confident. I'm confident. Okay. Here's what I'm doing. All right. I'm going to draft my head coach next. Okay. My head coach is Ryan Day, the quaff. Okay. okay. OSU. Yep. For not only his head coaching acumen, but his offensive acumen. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're going to, you're going to cheat a little bit on that. A little bit, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm mine. My coach is, he's the CEO. That's what I'm looking for. I mean, are we, is that the rule we're making? He's, he's the CEO. I mean, I thought no, we. I'm, I, I want him even if it's just the CEO. Okay. And and I'm not begrudging the Ryan Day pick. Uh, he's already proven to me as an offensive play caller, he's he's tops. I mean, I think we already said that. It's been one year, you know, so I, I got to see more so out here's, of my head. I gotta, you're, you're taking a little bit more of a gamble here than I, am. I, than I believe you think you are taking a gamble. No, I, I know I'm taking a gamble. Okay. It's just here's here's – Here's what it comes down to for the head coach for me. It's either him or Fitzy, okay? Now, Fitzy's got a better track record. He's got a longer track record. But if I had to pick right now a head coach for my program, I think I'm going Ryan Day okay. over, over Fitzy. Okay. So that's why I drafted Ryan Day. Interesting. My next draft here is another offensive guy. Okay. 
I'm stacking the deck here. I feel like Ohio State recruiting. I'm going with Jeff Brom. Okay. Head coach, Purdue. He's going to be my offensive coordinator, baby. What? Dude, okay. We we already made the you, you you can't pick a offense, you can't pick a head coach to be a coordinator. You've only But he got, is their coordinator. He's their head coach. He's out. He can't take him. You already All right. Well, um, we, we just made that rule. Okay. All right. I guess I tried to skirt the rules. <laughs> Cuz we literally just discussed this. Three and a half, I'm going to say, minutes ago. Okay. You're reeling. You're okay. reeling. Now, now I am reeling a little bit. Okay. I'm, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to go over to defense here. I'm going to go Jimmy Leonard, Wisconsin. Ah, God. Twice <clears throat> you've killed me. I wanted both Phil Parker and Jimmy Leonard on my team, and you took both. I got my, both of them, baby. Defense wins championships. Three, I was going to take... My top three picks were going to be uh, Jim Leonard, Phil Parker, and uh, Gar- and Madison. Okay, and I only got one of the three. So, all right, dang it! All right, that ha- that 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 hurts. Okay, all right, I am gonna go. I better go offense here. Feel like I should go offense. I'm gonna go Kirk Chiroka with Penn State. Okay, have, good pick. Yep. I think, uh, you know, Lubeck can be, he could be the offensive mastermind. Kirk Shiroka will call the plays. I okay. think that is going to meld together very well. So I was listening to uh, Sirius XM today, and I'm trying to remember, it was, it was Ben Hartsock, and the way he pronounced Shiroka. Shiroka. I think it's Shiroka. No, he went Shiroka, I think. And I've given up trying to pronounce that guy's name right. As long as you start out with the sure. Okay. If you go Shiroka or Shiraka, I think I think you got to the the listeners got to at least give you that much. I think I'm just gonna call him. If you just go Chiaraka, or if you really mess it up, then you you just haven't done your homework. Well, from now on, I'm just calling him KC the OC. <laughs> oh, because okay. I don't want to have to pronounce his last name. Yeah, that's good. I'm just tired of it. It's I can't figure it out. It's your podcast. You can do that. Okay. So man, still reeling from Shiraka's off the board. Okay. okay. I've got two guys that I'm looking at here because I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on defense. I got my all my head coaches that I could want are still there, so I, I don't even need to go there right now. You kind of blew your wad taking the head coach already. I I believe. Yeah, I, I guess I could have waited a little bit on yeah. that one, couldn't I? But you just crushed it with your other other. Picks, I think so. so I'm especially. Hey, I'm pretty happy. Staff. So far. your defensive staff is good. Um, I want. I'm gonna go. I need a little bit of a crazy person on my defensive staff. Okay. A little bit of, little bit of edge to it. So I'm going to go Don Brown from Michigan. Yeah. That's a good pick. Now I, I, I want Gary Patterson or, um, uh, uh, Madison running my defense. He is the, Mm -hmm. he is the leader in the defensive room, but I need that second voice in there to just be crazy. You need that crazy. There's always a guy that's always screaming man coverage blitz. Something like that. Yeah. Like you, you, you kind of, you kind of step, you know, a little bit different around the crazy coach. There's always one crazy coach on the staff. Ninety-seven percent of the time, he's on the defensive side. So, all right. So, two I, picks for you. I'm pretty D heavy at this point. I've got two excellent defensive coordinators. So I got to move over to the offensive side here. Boy, it's already getting slim pickings here. It is. Holy crap! All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm, this is a gamble. Okay. I'm rolling the dice. I'm going to take Rutgers offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you Give know me. what he did at Princeton? 
Have you looked at what he did? No, tell me what he did. He had literally the best offense okay. th- that Princeton's ever had, okay. that the Ivy League's ever seen. Okay. He had the offensive player of the year in the Ivy League. I think he like literally set records all time at, at that level. Okay. And he had a great year at OSU last year. I'm going right. Sean Gleason. Rutgers, okay. Sean Gleason. You do, you do it, dude. You do what you do. You got another pick here, correct? Or is that two in a row? Nope, I got one more. Yeah. Brent Pry, Penn State. That Brent is Pry. How many times you have done this to me? I'm, you have basically I'm fleeced. I'm in your head, bro. You have fleeced my defensive staff. <laughs> you have fleeced my defensive staff. Ugh. Dude, Brent Pry, could he be... The most underrated boy. Now he's 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 not him like and, a him big... and Phil Parker are two sides to the same coin of being the most underrated defensive coordinators, not only in the Big Ten but I would say the entire country. Like yeah. Brent Pry just doesn't call attention to himself. He just has... well, that's the thing. Like people don't. You never hear Brent Pry's name really. Like he's not a national thing, right? People, yeah. if you ask someone outside of the Big Ten who's the defensive coordinator for Penn State, they wouldn't know. Yeah, but they should know. They should know. All right. Well, this is. I don't want to say this out loud, but this is getting down the ways a little bit. I I know. I, I thought this would be like my fourth spot, maybe even my last pick, but I'm going to go with Minnesota defensive kit coordinator Joe Rossi. I think. He has proven a lot to me in the last, basically, what is it, 18 games that he's been the defensive coordinator. The defense just looked better. I've heard a lot from our Nebraska listeners how he just has that ability, and this is a huge deal for coaches. He just has that ability to be able to explain things out to his players, and it just clicks and it makes sense. So you could plug that guy into seemingly any position, and I feel like he'd be a good coach. I'll be honest with you. I thought – he was going to fall. I was kind of saving him because I, I think he's a sneaky good coordinator, too. I like that pick there. Okay. All right. This is where it gets a little tough, but because I need to go offense. And and this is what's tough. I mean, this is why we tried to – because everybody knows the head coaches. You right. take the head coaches off the table when so many of them are offensive coordinators. Correct. I know. That's it makes the hard it, part. It makes it tough. And yes. This is, this is why we're, we're trying to challenge ourselves a little bit. Um – I am going to go – I am going to go – you're going to think this is crazy. I'm going to go Joe Rudolph from Wisconsin. I don't think that's crazy. Okay. There's – this isn't all Paul Crest. You know, Joe Rudolph has a lot of say in the offensive line, correct? Yep. So I need I, – I got to be built around the line. I need that base, like fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. I need that out of my offense to go along – with the play calling, so I'm going to go Joe Rudolph. Okay. Boy, I need an offensive guy. I've got 3D and 2O. I need an yeah, offensive, you, but it's slim pickings you right are, now. You are going to win a lot of games, you know, 17-14. Correct. And you're going to love it. Which I, don't think, which I don't think Ryan Day is going to be happy about. Are no, you, he's not going to be too happy. Yeah, you're going to need Ryan Day to have a big imprint. There could be a chemistry problem amongst my coaching <laughs> staff at this point. Okay, so so I'm looking at uh, see now this is where the strategy comes in. Yeah, because I'm looking at the defense. I still like some guys there, but I got to get an offensive guy. I have to. And now I'm thinking about philosophy. I and, and I'm looking at one guy thinking he would fit in pretty well. I'm gonna make Ryan Day a little bit happier. Okay. I'm gonna pull this one, go a little deep here, and go with offensive coordinator Rod Smith. Okay. From Illinois. All right. 
to to mix in like a dual threat type of of offense there. Okay, make it it'll make Ryan a little bit happier. I mean, a little off, little, little more open. You know, open sure. on the offensive side, but yep. maybe not throwing the ball like he wants to, but open it up a little bit. He needed another voice in the locker room. He did. That I'm was going, similar to his. I'm going Rod Smith, baby. They're not on the same diet so much. Like, I don't know. If... And, and, the, and the hair. I don't know. They're not using the same hair products, clearly. <laughs> All right. Good. Good pick. You got another one here, correct? Oh, yeah. I do yep, have another. Yep. Okay. So I get to go back. Should I stick with offense? Or like, there's still plenty of good offense or defensive minds there out is, there. There plenty. is. Plenty. Yep. So I feel like I got to stick offense. Oh, boy. Um, definitely, definitely not Josh Gaddis. And I'm and I'm assuming Bobby Disco is not going to make our, any either. either He's not making mine. Um, if you went with an all good looking team, Bobby Diaco would be definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He he might be your cover boy. Um, but Jakey and I like. But he hasn't shown me enough in college, really. That small stint at Boston College. Oh boy, I think for for the offensive line play, I think I'm going to go Brian Ferentz. Dang it! Yeah. Wow. You're crushing me, man. You basically have you basically <laughs> have half my team that I thought I was going to get. I didn't think you would even consider Brian Ferentz. Well, the, he. I almost wrote him in before you. He okay. Here's here's the thing about Brian Ferentz. He's still unproven as a offensive coordinator, but what he did with the tight ends and the O line. Sure, that's I, why I just I, drafted him. Yeah. Wow, that was tough. That was a tough. That was what. <laughs> that was tough. What you just did to me right there. Okay. So, folks, if you looked at what I'm looking at right now for the offensive it's coaches, slim pickings. It is right slim now pickings. Because I would even bet. After you pick Brian Ferentz, there was some open guffawing as people are listening to this podcast in their car. Yeah, but you don't realize what I'm looking at here. Because because Jeff Brom calls the plays at Purdue. So, but is Jamarcus Shepard the actual offensive coordinator? I, well, Brian Brom is is tech. Brian well, I Brom. mean they they're co coordinators, but I think Brian probably has more say than Jamarcus Shepard, don't you think? Yeah. So Northwestern Mike Bajakian Bajakian Bajakian. Is how you pronounce it. I mean, Bajakian. he's got he's got experience here, but Josh Gaddis, much. Jay Johnson just got into town, right at Michigan at Michigan State. I think I'm going to go with Joker Phillips. Wow. Okay. I mean, he's got a good. There's, he's got good experience, and you know what else he can bring to the table? He's recruited in the Dirty South. So correct. So he's gonna. I I we haven't even thought about recruiting yet, have we? And he's so, got a great name. Yeah, you gotta have a joke. So I got a crazy guy on defense and Don Brown. And I got a joker on offense. So I think that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah, I will say we have not really talked enough about recruiting. No, that's probably something that. Uh, but that's a good. That's a good sneaky pick there. Yeah, I like okay, that one. That was a sneaky pick. Okay, now defense. I feel like we got a ton of places we could go with this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mike Hankwitz to fill out. That's my that's a good step. one. That's a great pick. In my mind, when I was doing this. I thought Mike Hankwitz would wind up being my fourth pick. And I was right. like, well, if if enough people are off the board, I will ha- be happy to slide him in. in my, Which is exactly what happened. I just didn't think it would be Don Brown and Joe Rossi in between. But to I be- thought I thought you would wind up taking Joe Rossi after I already got Phil Parker and uh, Brent Pry. I got Phil Parker. You got Brent Pry. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, you got Brent Pry. You got Phil Parker and Brent Pry. Oh yes. What am I? What am I saying? <laughs> Jesus, this is our first drink. 
Dean, you know what it is? You need another drink. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. Okay, so you just took Mike Hankwitz. Good. Now, that may be the steal of the draft so far, by the I, way. That was, how did he last that long, I actually? don't know. I don't know. When has Northwestern ever had a bad defense? Shame on us. Yeah. Okay, so now I've got currently one, two, three, four offensive guys, three defensive. So I should probably, should probably load up on another defensive guy here. So you've, you've only got one spot left, correct? I've got two. You've got two. Okay. I've got eight and nine to go. Okay. These, and I'm doing my last two right now. But Jake Ian on offense, no. Jay Johnson, no. Josh Gaddis, oh dear lord. Um, Grant Hurd, Nick. Sh- oh man. So may, I might just stick with four offensive guys. I'm gonna pick Scotty Hazelton. Okay. Michigan right. State. Sure. Defensive coordinator. Yeah. I like that. I like that higher. By and you even way. you brought that up in our Michigan State podcast. Loved that hire. That's a great. That also is a great late round steal. It is. Okay. I think that's a steal. Okay, so we got Scotty Hazelton. So now that's a defensive guy. <laughs> Good luck, <laughs> buddy. Three, you got to round out this offensive staff. So I got four D four O. I can go O or D here. I'm not taking John Hogue. Kane Womack. He did a good job last year. Yeah. At, he he made their defense quite a bit better. I'm not I'm not in love with Chenander. Bobby Disco still on the on the, the the deal there. I'm okay. I think I have to. What, what is the deal that he's on there? The board, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna remain on the board. Would be my guess. <laughs> Boy, okay, it's slim pickers. I just got to make a pick here. I'm going yep. Kane Womack. Okay. Ken Womack, Indiana defensive coordinator. I was impressed last year. Okay. Not not a lot of experience, let's be honest, yeah. but he did a good job. So I'm yeah. going Kane Womack. That's an awful pick, but you had to take Oh, somebody. up yours. <laughs> All right. So that leads me with my head coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was smart to save the head coach for last. Th- that, that was good thinking. That was my game plan. I'm okay. like there's so many head great head coaches in the league like the second head coach in the league is a fantastic well, and, coach. And, and the thing is, once one of us picked one, there's no need to pick it until the last. You, you did a good job there. But yet you still took three or two, two for sure, three or four of my defensive guys that I wanted. So um, for my head coach, I, 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 I feel like I need to take age into the consideration. I don't want to replace my coach in a year or two. I agree. So I'm sorry, Coach Ferentz, but... You're out. I mean, I okay. He's long in the tooth. Right? Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yes. Like absolutely. if it's going against people that I care the most about personally, then he would be my coach. But we've got tough decisions to make here. Yes, I'm we trying do. to lead a program here. These are hard decisions. I'm an athletic director, president. I don't know what else I am in this scenario, but I have a lot going on. So really, it comes down to two coaches. Okay. You have Ryan Day is gone. Yes. What do you think the two coaches are that I'm considering? Okay, you got to be considering James Franklin at this point, don't you? Yes, that is one of the. Two. I mean, I could see you can be considering PJ Fleck at this point. I'm not considering PJ. Okay, Fleck. I'm going to have to meet with this human <laughs> weekly. Okay, <laughs> so you're taking that in consideration yes. too. Okay, so to me, it's got to be Franklin or Fitzy. Interesting. It's Franklin or Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom's really? ability yeah. to, like, even during injuries. The team still plays hard. It's incredible. Yeah, they played hard last year. But I've already got strong people on the Hmm. locker room. I need a guy to just be the face of the program, recruit, be the man, 
And I got to go with the coach that we ranked number one on our head coaching ranking podcast. Okay. Penn State head coach, James okay. Franklin. I, it, I felt like you were going with Jeff Brom there. I and beat I, you a little bit. And I was going to celebrate my victory. But you went with James Franklin, I did. which I think is a good pick. Okay. All right. Who wants to say their team first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Head coach, James Franklin. Offensive staff, Matt Lubick, Kirk Shiroka, Joe Rudolph, and Joker Phillips, the recruiter. On defense, we got Steady Eddie, Mr. Madison. We got Crazy Man, Don Brown, Joe Rossi out of Minnesota, and the always ready to coach up, fundamentally sound Mike Hankwitz. All right. Solid. I, I kind of like my staff now that I'm, I'm looking at it. Okay, my head coach is Ryan Day. You took him for the hair. You wanted him on. I'm not going to lie. That was part of it. I, I definitely took that into consideration. He's the face of my program. Like, <laughs> you want that head of hair out there. And mine, mine's bald. My coach is bald. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay, so and let's start on defense because I'm really proud of my defensive staff here. Great staff. Phil Parker from Iowa. Yikes. You got Jimmy Leonard. Dude, the only thing I would say is you got two secondary guys there. Somebody's going to have to move around a little bit. Yeah, we can. That's we'll all right. That we'll shuffle the deck a little yep. bit. Uh, you got Brent Pry wow. on my de- defensive staff. You've got uh, Scotty Hazelton and Kane Womack going over, back over to the offensive side. Sean Gleason. We got Brian Ferentz. And we got the big boy, Rod Smith. So a lot of 14 to 12 games here. <laughs> you better you better hope Ryan Day is in print. It's all over that. Right. You need a little help. By the way, Ryan Day, if he had this power, would fire me right now. Uh, that was pretty fun. Thank you to... I'm sorry, Quaff. At yeah. least you got the hair. You're not going to score many points, but you still uh, got the hair. All right. So hopefully you guys had fun with the uh, coordinator draft. Um I like I like some feedback. Like who's gonna win? Like those yeah. two teams. Yeah. On on Twitter, we need feedback. From like people. we'll if we put a poll out there that says whose team's better, <laughs> Big Kurtz or Joe, we'll do that. But we got to give it some time to marinate. Like we need three or four days of people listening to the podcast. True. I, I you know I needed more offensive guys, but the, I mean, who was I gonna take? Yeah. I mean that's. That's why I was going offensive heavy at first. And I'm a defensive guy, but there's, there's so many defensive I'll be players. honest with you. It was right to go offense heavy. Yeah. That was the strategy. I had the right game plan, and you still took my guys, my defensive guys. It was incredible. But I mean, who was I going to pick at, yeah. at, you were at just, some point there? You were just running off fumes. Scotty for, Montgomery? For <laughs> Are you kidding? Josh Gaddis? Jay Josh Johnson? Gatt- so is, isn't that a situation where we need to talk about, like, Josh Gaddis wasn't even – in consideration by either one of us. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. I was never going to take it. He no, was, he was probably was my dead last pick. I don't know about dead last, but he was not going to make my team, I guess. We would have needed three people picking. I would have just brought in a GA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, man. Who's the defensive line coach for Ohio State? Larry Larry, Larry Johnson. I, I would like him on my team somehow. I just like to. Yes, that's a good point. Like maybe we go even deeper and actually Oof. do position coaches next time. And the uh, um, the wide receivers coach for Ohio State. Um, oh, I'm blanking. Uh, Hazel for uh, for recruiting. Oh. Uh, yeah, Hazel uh, Brian right. Brian Hartline. Hartline. There you go. Hazel. Mike Hart from Indiana would be oh, another good one. Be another. Ooh. So let's we'll, we'll next time we'll do that. We'll go a little bit deeper. Okay. We'll yeah. open it up to position. Coaches. I like that. We're more in love with some of the 
position coaches than we are the offensive coordinators in the conference? Is does, no doubt. Isn't that a comment on the coordinating of the offenses in this conference? Well, I will say when I put I put that sheet together and I emailed it to you, right? With all the all the the people calling plays and, and slash offensive coordinators, and I'm like, boy, uh, Big Ten needs to pick up their game on offense on a offense. little bit. Yeah, but not on defense. Not on gosh. defense. The yeah. defense. My God, we could have kept going. Maybe I mean, maybe that's part of the deal because the defensive coaches are so good. It makes life miserable for those offensive coaches. Yeah. Maybe there is offensive talent in coaching circles that are like, hang on the big 10, man. It's cold up there half the fall and the defensive coaches are amazing. True. That's a good point. I, I would like to be able to talk to a head coach to see if, you, if that's something that they've said before. I'm or sure they've heard they that. Ran into. I think so. Okay, so uh, on to the last segment. You're probably, you're, you're probably all happy to hear this is the last segment. Um, <laughs> I hope that. But uh, Big Ten Network has been putting out their all-decade team. Yeah. And I would say, by and large, they've done a pretty darn good job. Oh, I with, think so. With what? And, and, and there's a couple. Think couple about of how difficult that, this is oh, to do. I mean, you're you just to sit down and do it. You know, you're going to tick people off. 80% of the feedback you're going to hear is going to be negative. Always, yes. That's how that goes. Yep. Um, if you're wondering who you know is picking the team, just basically go to you know btn.com. And they actually list they every do. single voter, which they is do. cool. They list it out. So um, pretty much all the Big Ten network personalities. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we'll start right from the top, which is ironic because this is the only position that has not been decided. We were recording this at 2.50. On Friday afternoon and July the 3rd, July the 3rd. And the one position that they haven't selected yet is quarterback. Yep. So I'm going to take a guess here and go for it. Really? So you I, I know who it is. You do? I think so. So now something that's interesting with this is, is it the best player or how much does it factor into how long their career was. I think it's a career award. You do. I do. Okay. So mine's not a career award. Mine really? is a singular face. Hit me with it. Russell Wilson. Oh, I don't know about you that. You don't think so? Y- you think over Dwayne Haskins? Yes. Wow. Okay. That's my guess. I think it's JT Barrett. Okay. What I mean, yeah. JT okay. Barrett it could be. Hold on. Yeah. JT Barrett won, hold on. Won three time. First team, all Big Ten, coaches yeah. and media. Yeah. So he was six-time first first team, all Big Ten. Who's the better quarterback? Russell Wilson. So I just and Dwayne Haskins is better too. I agree. And Justin Fields is better too. I agree. Do you think Justin Fields has a shot? I think he's got an outside shot. He's the dark horse coming. Come, they're like coming Justin down the stretch. Fields and Russell Wilson are kind of the same quarterback. They really only had yeah. one year in the league in this vernacular Correct. in the decade. I think they're. I think they're the two best quarterbacks of this past decade. I think so, too. You do agree with that. Well, so, okay, I'd say Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, but I got to throw Dwayne Haskins in there, too. Okay. He had he had the best stati- statistical season Insane. of any quarterback in Big Ten history. With JT Barrett, it is interesting because Ohio State fans will be happy that JT Barrett is the quarterback because everybody wants their you know player to be selected. Yet nobody was more mercurial to with the Ohio State fan base I know. than JT Barrett. Literally half their fans 
didn't even want him as quarterback. Anymore. Well, I famously said he's the worst quarterback ever to throw 100 touchdown passes, <laughs> which is a compliment and an insult at the yeah. same time. Yeah. But, I mean, if you throw 100 touchdown passes. It's a thing. You win a lot of games. I, I think it's JT Barrett. All right. Um, so we'll go right down running back, wide receiver, tight end, O-line. Then we'll do all-purpose and then kicker. How's that sound? Let's do That's it. That's kind of how it usually is listed out. Um, maybe the toughest position to crack the top two in the entire league is running back. Yes. Do you think? Okay. So many good ones. So first off, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, no brainer. That's no brainer. I think he's probably, he's number one. Like he is the absolute slam dunk. Number one. Number two is the tough one. There you go. So there is two or three guys that I believe could be Mm -hmm. the, the number two pick completely understand who they have as the second running back. Saquon Barkley out of Penn state. Sure. Most talented, yes. Probably yes. Most deserving? Probably no. I would go with Melvin Gordon. I would go with Melvin Gordon, but I I think Monty Ball should be discussed too. So we're we're literally discussing the potential of the top three running backs. (laughs) I just realized that. All being out of mad time. But then what about Zeke too? Zeke is... See, I thought that's where you were going to go for... See, to me... I feel like you you have got to give the number one spot to 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 Jonathan Taylor. Have to. I believe for the second running back, uh, Saquon Barkley, um, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Ezekiel Elliott could all be that second back. I think so too. Um, Did, people kind of forgot how good Melvin Gordon was to a little. Oh my gosh, degree. that guy! But so you're not as high on Zeke. Oh, dude, I'm high on Zeke. Okay. I'm high on if, Saquon Barkley, okay. too. I want to make sure that's known. I'm fine with the two picks they have. I'm just saying that had to have been one of the most colorfully discussed spots in the entire roster. Let me ask you this. On your team that you just drafted with your with your your coaching staff, if you could pick one of those five running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Gordon, or Monty Ball, who would you take? Who would you want? So this is who my starting running back is. Like correct, because it, because now we're not talking about career. We're talking about the guy that's on correct. The team. Okay, I would I would take Saquon. I think I'd take Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, I I think both I think both choices are fantastic. <laughs> but I think Jonathan Taylor would be a good choice. You have I think to. Melvin Gordon would be a good choice. Isn't that Monty Ball is probably the one you kick out. But the guy, yeah, you- I was surprised to hear you say Monty Ball. Because don't get me wrong, he Monty Ball like eight thousand touchdowns. Yeah, Monty Ball is incredible. around eight thousand. Well, Monty Ball is incredible. But like, if they're putting them, you know a Mount Rushmore of the the decade running backs. I, I think Monty Ball is like, you know, feels horrible, but he's the, he's the fifth one out. He's the fifth one out. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. All right. Okay. Wide receiver. These are good. Don't get me wrong, but you go to a different conference. There's probably a little bit better. Yeah. This isn't the there. strongest, but, but is that fair? Yeah. But should have we said that? I, is, did we just Debbie Downer this? We kind of did. Okay. I feel bad because yeah. Allen Robinson, Tyler Johnson, we're both, fantastic amazing tyler johnson the guy he's one of the like oh he's not fast enough oh he's not big enough he's not and he just gets it done and uh most receiving yards in the big 10 over the whole decade yes total um the guy just caught balls he caught first downs all the time he is what you would call to me a complete receiver um, I think he got drafted way too late in the draft. I think yeah. he's going to be on an NFL roster for 10 years because he's always so going to run a 4-6-2-40, and he's always going to get open and catch the ball. Yep. He's like always going to be, be open on that slant. Too the bad he other doesn't one, have Brett Favre to throw to him. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? That, Brett Favre to Tyler Johnson on a slant? 
Oh, Lord. Oh, sure. Yeah, I got you. Um, now, with that being said, Debbie downered this a little bit. Allen Robinson out of Penn State, I think he might be potentially the most underrated player of this past decade. That guy was a stud. Yeah, because you, you don't really hear that much about him, strangely. Right? And he's, he's had a good NFL career. Yeah, he has. He's a stud. He is. He had monster years for catches. Like, the dude just caught tons of balls. I would even go out and say they've had a hard time replacing Allen Robinson in Happy Valley since he's been gone. Well, he's left the void. There's no doubt about that. They, so just, they keep recruiting great receivers, and they keep just not quite living up to expectations. Yeah. All right, um, now we move on to, you know, the heart of the conference, the offensive line. Now, something I don't quite understand here, okay? We're apparently running a a six-person offensive That's right. line. That's right. How did we? Not we, sure. <laughs> the only thing I think of is they just couldn't possibly kick one of these guys out. That could be. That could be. So they just said, screw it. We're, it's our own team. We're, we're going to have six offensive We're changing players. the Maybe rules, baby. Like, this is the Big Ten. The one position to have an extra player. Maybe that's it. Um, in the one spot for me, and they, I don't know if they actually slotted these, but they do list them out top to bottom. Do they? Okay. So I don't know if okay. that is actually a little hint, but Taylor Luan out of Michigan, mm-hmm. he is the creme de la creme yes. of this. You do agree with that? I agree with that. Okay. Sure. Um, two-time first-team All-American. Two-time first-team All-American. I think we have another one of those a little bit further down the list. And he is maybe the best offensive lineman in the NFL right now. He's the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL right now. Probably means he's the best. Next guy down, pretty good. Brandon Scherf, Iowa. He won the Outland Trophy. They typically only give that to the best interior lineman in all of college football. And he's also had a great NFL career. Switched to guard once he got to the NFL. Okay, And uh, I... Don't think I can picture a better offensive lineman in the last ten years at Iowa. No offense to you. Some think great that's ones. the best of the last ten years? Wow. Yeah. There's been many good ones, now, but, but yeah. it's not crazy to say that. Now Marshall Yanda is the best offensive lineman to come out of Iowa, but it was previous decade, and he had a better NFL career than he did college career. Okay. Brand Scherf was an absolute. Not too bad of a career for a former high school quarterback. Oh no, kidding. Yes. How about that for a little transition as you move hmm. through your career? Next up, offensive lineman Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. Still on the team. I know. First team All-American last year. We probably haven't talked enough about Wyatt Davis on this podcast or in general. you know who his father is? I do not. He's the guy that played Alvin Duke, the mid- middle linebacker in the movie The Program. Shut the front door. I just heard that today. That's incredible. Um, what a pull. Ben Hartsock said that today on on Sirius XM radio that's incredible yeah that pro that so great pedigree yeah <laughs> <laughs> that uh that movie has aged like a banana it is <laughs> not a good movie no it's it never was it's never a good movie we were just maybe not as intelligent of moviegoers back in the 90s well at least it hasn't aged like an avocado <laughs> maybe both all right next up Maybe kind of got the, hey, who's this guy reaction from people? Dan Feeney out of Indiana. Yeah, but I think he was a two-time All-American, wasn't he? he? 
It, was he? I thought so. Okay. I know he was first team all Americans at one point in his career. I, I thought I, he was two. He maybe or maybe two? maybe he wasn't first team the other time. I don't okay. know. But I, I thought I saw two time. I, I should I should check that. I should But a quick look uh from Indiana fans and the experts, stud offensive lineman, so definitely deserves to be on. Next up, another Ohio State. Billy Price won the Remington at Ohio State again. It's hard to get any better than winning the award out of the entire uh, college football world at your position. And that was what he was able to do. So, and then next or last uh, uh, spot on our six team offensive line, Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin. Dieter. Dieter. Um, 2018 Big Ten offensive lineman of the year. I think he was either first or second team O line pretty much every year. Can I, can I show maybe a little biased uh, take here? Sure. Do you think they got down the end here and they're like, how do we not have a Wisconsin guy? Was that, was that your thoughts as well? A little bit. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, he was great, but I think if you had to kick someone off, I think he might be the guy. Yeah. Which is weird. How like is Wisconsin known for just having always having B plus or a minus offensive lineman, but not having that A or a plus. I mean, I guess that's fair. Is that, I, that's probably is that a fair. Thing? I did guess just, that's fair to did say. We make a thing here. Okay. All right, we just made a thing. All right, um, we'll go all purpose here. Uh, we're gonna go with uh, Ohio State all purpose slash quarterback slash wide receiver Braxton Miller. And I totally agree with this one. And I'll tell you why. Like he was a great quarterback, and then I saw him. You're gonna you're gonna I, steal my thunder. The Virginia again. Tech game. Damn it! The spin move. I it mean, is one of the most electrifying plays I've ever seen a human being make. And I remember watching it and saying, I knew he was athletic, but I just had no idea that that was in him. It was when insane. he did that. It was insane. It was one of the most incredible, like it literally like the play was dying. He put the spin move all, all of a sudden it was like, it was like he found an, he was playing on a completely different field. He right. jumped off that field onto another one that had no Virginia tech defenders on it. So here's a quarterback. And, and the best and the other great thing about it. Kirk Herbstreit was calling the game. That was the opener that it was year, the opener. Yes. It was like correct. Like was that like a Saturday night? Everybody was. It was I like for Saturday night. I don't that remember. The, that could have been the Monday night football game that they when they interject the college game on there. Anyways, Kirk Herbstreit was it. calling the play, and he's like, he hit the circle button, which is right. exactly what that move is on you know playing the college game. It was insane. I mean, just think of that. Like the, the quarterback turned wide receiver as the most athletic person on that field, full of amazing athletes. Insane. That, that look at this. I just that, want to that, spin move. I have this written in my notes. That's the one that that won it for me right there. Great minds think alike. And then lastly, kicker Keith Duncan. I think that's Iowa. a slam dunk, right? Glad to hear you say that. Do you not? I mean, oh yeah, I. I think when I saw the, you know, that this was coming out, which by the way, I had no idea this was coming out until they just started naming the players. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know who they're going to put on as kicker, but I think Keith Duncan should be on, but they probably won't put him on just because he's still on the roster. But the guy was pretty much lethal last year. He got robbed. Got robbed of the Groza. Groza. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Good to see. He was the best kicker in the country. Great to see Keith Duncan on there. Unless you're a Nebraska fan, because they do not like him. All right, next up, defense. So we'll go D-line first, or as I would like to call it, the all-defensive end line. These yeah, are, it's it's sad to not see any tackles there. Tough tough to make the team. 
I mean, I know Tough they to don't. Make the team they don't. Tackle. They don't generate stats. But come on, what's more important than a defensive tackle? Pretty darn important. Pretty darn important. Really, di- really disappointed to not see a single defensive tackle there. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's First look up. at the all defensive end team. First up. Um, I'm not gonna. I tell you one thing. I'm not gonna fight these first two guys that are on the team. Joey Bosa out of Ohio State. So do you think Nick could have been better, but he just got nicked, basically? Correct. Yeah, he could have been better, but he he wasn't. His career was just shorter. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Joey. I mean, you you have to put him on there. Joey Bosa, absolutely. He's even better as a pro than I thought he would be. Yeah, I thought he would be pretty good. Right. Incredible. I guess in the second spot. In the second spot, Chase Young, also Ohio State. It's hard to pick a best defensive end here, but I would pick Chase Young. I would pick Chase Young. He would be in the one spot. On my team, if okay. I had to pick, yeah. Now, next two spots here are a bit dubious for me. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. So, we got Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, awesome, awesome career. Amazing. Yeah. J.J. Watt. Awesome career. Wisconsin. Okay. Ryan Kerrigan's years that he played, 2007 to 2010. He played one year. In oh, this are decade. you serious? Yeah, that's been a while, dude. He's been in the NFL for a long time. Okay, I'm calling BS then. Okay. J.J. Watt, 2008 to 2010. Gosh, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah. Is, J- who, is J.J. Watt's career been better at Wisconsin or for the Texans? Probably for the Texans. Probably. I think it's definitely for the Texans. Okay, so... so okay, so don't get me wrong. Either one of those guys, like... They're amazing, right? We're not saying they're not great defense. They're they're incredible. Okay. Well, that's a tough call. They're be- uh JJ Watt's a better pro than he was in college. Sure. Kerrigan, dude, that guy was good all throughout, but he only had one year. I think Shalik Calhoun from Well, that's Michigan if you're State. gonna pick one that got robbed, I think it's Shalik Calhoun. That, I think that is the biggest rob. But is it fair to not include Kerrigan and Watt just because they crossed over a, a ten to or nine to a ten? It's what, it's what makes these teams tough with this. <laughs> I I just I These would, are the hard decisions I that are made like, at the Big Ten Network. <laughs> yes, that is the hard decisions <laughs> they made. But that's my thoughts. I, I'm not saying either one of them is not deserving. They are. Right. I just believe I believe if you can have six offensive linemen, you can have five defensive linemen. And maybe one tackle, like a Jarrell yeah. Worthy or something like that. Oh, by the way, we're running a four three here. I don't know if you noticed. Big Ten Network yes, we has are. made that decision. We're we're running a four three. Not a four two five. Four three. Or a three four. Or a three four. That would have been something you could have done there. Okay. So another great position for the Big Ten linebacker, right? First up, very happy to see him on there. He was even kind of headlining the linebackers. Josie Jewell yeah, out of Iowa. They did kind of headline him, didn't they? They did headline yeah. him a little bit. Uh, second in the Big Ten in tackles as a sophomore. Second in the Big Ten in tackles as a junior. Okay. First in the Big Ten in tackles as a senior. Whew, it's hard to be more productive than that. And I yes, think he is. gets the all heart from the – I mean, this guy was like – he wasn't just the Mac – like, they didn't rob him from Mac. They robbed him from, like, D2. Are you serious? Yes. He was that under-recruited. Correct. Holy crap. So for That's him to amazing. wind up being on the all-decade team and on an NFL roster, it's incredible. That is impressive. Uh, next one up, we'll do Chris Borland, who is basically a different version of Josie Jewell. They were yeah, pretty essentially much. the same guy. Extremely productive. He played at Wisconsin from 2007 to just last year. That's not that's not true. It just 
felt like he played Correct. at Wisconsin. From t- he played from uh, 2010 to 2013, so right at the beginning of the decade. Okay. I don't think you could find a more productive linebacker in the last 10 years. It'd be hard. I mean, he, like he's like the on. definition of a Wisconsin linebacker. He's, he is. He's the prototype, right? He there. is the prototype. Yeah. Yep. They should put some sort of, I don't know if statue is the right thing these days, but he's very, very good at what he does. Was very happy to see this last linebacker on here. Michigan linebacker, Devin Bush. I mean, if you had to pick one linebacker, that would be your guy, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes. I love me some Chris Borland. <laughs> Obviously love me some Josie Jewell. That is the best linebacker I have seen play in the Big Ten in the last 10 years. For me, too. Now, Michael Parsons maybe could have something to say about it this year. Correct. Like, I think he's got to put a year together. But the problem is, Micah Parsons, I mean, I know he played in the decade, but he wasn't part of this. He wasn't. I mean, I guess he could have been. been. He He could have been. been. That's true. He could have been. But he didn't. Like, Devin Bush, as we've stated on this podcast, you watched a game. And you meant to watch offense, but if Michigan was on defense, I started watching him. Sure. He was that good. Yeah. He's been a pretty good pro as well. Okay, moving on to the defensive backs. We got four of them. Now, for this one, interesting enough, they went cornerback, cornerback, safety, safety. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? You know? Didn't go all cornerbacks, didn't do right. whatever. Okay. First up, kind of headlight the defensive backs. I'm feeling pretty it's special as an Iowa yeah. guy here. Desmond King, cornerback out of Iowa. Um, won the Jim Thorpe. Yep. Was there for quite some time, three years, 14, 15, 16. The dude was good, played as a true freshman. Again, two-star guy that they stole away from the Mac type of deal. How did that guy, how was he Mac-bound? Do you remember where he's from? Michigan. I can't hmm. tell you exactly where. Wow. But you could tell as soon as he played that year as a true freshman, he was really good. How does he get out of Michigan without going to Michigan State? I mean, he's a Michigan I get, State guy. I get it. He's not like Michigan. He's not the, the he doesn't have the stars. Correct. But, that's but a why doesn't State Michigan guy. State grab that guy? That that's is, that's that crazy. Is a really good point. Speaking of next defensive yes. back down, Darquez Denard, Michigan State, king of the no fly zone. He started the no fly zone, two star recruit. So our friend. That is perfect. Standing room Spartans. I asked him on Twitter, Darquez Denard. I saw that and saw that Calhoun got got snubbed, and I said, Calhoun, probably the best defender of the D'Antonio era. He said, uh, I think it's probably Darquez Denard. He definitely rang true with the Michigan State fans. Literally was the took half the field away <laughs> type yes. of guy. Yeah, he was that I guy. I mean, that guy was incredible. Yep. Um, next up, I was, I was proud to see them put Antoine Winfield Jr., Minnesota, obviously – uh, won the Big Ten defensive back of the year just last. I I thought for sure that was going to be a snub. I thought so too. Very proud of them because the guy was incredible. I totally agree. I mean, I promoted him all last year, saying he was not getting enough love nationally. Uh, he just did everything all the time. Every I mean, how many games did he single handedly win for the Gophers? I can think of a handful. Right? Absolutely. He deserves to be on this list. He he does deserve to yes. be on the list, which. I guess in a way was like why I thought he would not be on this yeah. list. I thought it. Would I was be. surprised. I didn't think they'd put him on, even though because he should be. Because we are three deep in the defensive backs. We have got an Iowa player, a, a, a Michigan State player, and a Minnesota player. We do not have an a Michigan or Ohio State player yet. Not yet. Not yet. Now that's crazy, right? Because a little crazy. Those are the first two, eh, one and three that you think about Probably, for D back. Yeah. I mean, no offense, Michigan State or Iowa, but. 
the best collection of defensive backs in the conference. Hands Ohio, down, State. Ohio State. Absolutely. So then we finally get one with Malik Hooker played Ohio State 2014 to 16. I think at that point they were literally just trying to decide between. Yeah. Which Ohio State guy do we put on there? Could have they not picked Jeffrey Okuda just so, from this past year? Okuda, he had to have been. He's the on other the, one that comes yeah. to mind for me is Okuda. I mean, you could do a situation where Ohio State has zero guys on the first team and the entire second team could be Ohio State guys. Correct. Or something like right. that. Like they're they have they put that many guys in. But anyways. But I am I am proud of them for not just going straight Ohio State on a lot of this stuff. No, they did good. Yeah, we'll do the the tallies at the end. I mean, Ohio State showed out pretty well. Um for the uh all purpose player on defense, Jabril Peppers out of Michigan. Yeah, hearing that. Yes. Um of course the greatest all purpose player in the history of Michigan. Natural puppers. No. Um, I would say he's a better all-purpose player than he is defensive back. That's probably fair. I I wonder if he he wasn't a he wasn't a great defensive back. He was good. He was very good. But if you add everything in there, he, he deserves, deserves he deserves it. And then could have named this before the coach for the team, Urban Meyer. Herbs. I mean that's a that's a no brainer. Got to be Herbs, right? Has to be. Won the national title. It's the only one that did. A lot of talent on that team right there. That's yes, pretty, indeed. That's a pretty good team. I think that team could win could win a uh, uh, national or a, uh, a Super Bowl. Um, you know, there was a pro fo- focus, I think it was, that put together the all pro f- just using the uh, your conference. The Big Tens okay. was incredible. A lot mm. of guys that are here are on that team. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see that, no. It was, uh, the SEC and Big Ten were definitely the sure. two best teams. Sure. The ACC was better than you you think. Really? The Big 12 was fine. I think the Big Ten had the best team. If Assembled NFL players that played for the Big Ten Conference. Okay. I think that would be. I'll take a look at And that. the quarterback was Russell Wilson. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Who, do you, who do you think it would be? I mean, Tom Brady at one point, but that so would be the quarterback. You're, you're talking just, about all time? No. Big Ten from? Now. Currently in the NFL. Oh, okay. That played in the Big Ten. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. It's yeah. got to yeah, it's got to be Russell. Russell. Yeah, I mean Tom That's Brady five years ago. Sure. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, a lot of a lot of fun exercises there. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, before I forget to say to you, to all of our listeners, Happy Fourth of July. Yeah, I would recommend all of you put Twitter down, put social media down for three or four days. Let's just. I'm just giving you a, give it a, give it a break. You'll 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 thank me later. Fourth of July, one of my favorite holidays. It's up there. It's no Thanksgiving, but it's pretty damn good. Now, I but will, there's a lot of food involved. I will say though, I could do without the fireworks like ten days ahead of the holiday. Yes, it like, gets to just, be. It does. It's ten days. It gets to be ten, 10 days, days ahead. You just start hearing fireworks You're in like, my oh. neighborhood every night from ten to midnight. Yeah, fireworks. Yeah, and it's. It's so not annoying. as bad here, but I remember being when I lived in Minneapolis for many a year, just all the time fireworks. And you know that's fine. You want to do it on the third, the fourth, the fifth. Do you watch okay. the Do you that's watch fine. the hot dog eating contest? No, I can't watch that. No. It's tough. To, it's a tough watch. <laughs> it's a tough watch. How do they do that? It is incredible to me. They're so they're people that they can do. do that. Their stomach is actually positioned differently in their body. It's and, lower. It's below the rib cage. Yep. So like normal people like you and I. Your stomach is underneath your rib cage, so you can't. It doesn't expand. Yeah. So it's it's literally like 
a a genetic thing where the stomach is lower. I didn't so know it can just that. Balloon up. Yes. I wonder if so. It's a genetic thing where it's lower. I think and, it's and genetic, they, and then they condition it. Because Kobayashi, the the yeah. Japanese guy that yep. was so good, he said his dad was the same way. He could, could just eat, eat for eat, days eat, and eat, days eat, and yep. never get yep. full. Who's the jo- Joey, Joey Chestnut? Chestnut is yeah. The, you know they don't just great com- athlete. <laughs> <laughs> you know they don't just competitively eat hot dogs. They they competitively. I know eat they anything. do wings and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. If there was one thing, so we obviously. We couldn't competitively eat with anybody. No. Now, but if you if you took the the lower stomached humans out of the equation, right? Okay. The professionals out, and it was just you versus Bobby from down the street. What would be the food that you would choose that you believe you could eat the most of? So it's got to be, be something you kind of like, but you don't like too much because then you'll never want to eat it again. Oh, that's interesting. What would I? What could I? Eat? Mine would be steak. I mean, I guess I'd go. I could just put steak down. I guess I go with pizza. I think okay. I have to go pizza. Well, but I like pizza so much. Eh. I'm not taking. Into, I'm not taking into account that I'm going to hate it afterwards. You give me enough time. Okay, then I'll, I'm going I'll, pizza. You, so you think you can competitively eat pizza? Because I can eat a lot of pizza. It's so doughy. It just. I feel like that fills me up right away. Whereas I can, meat I can just eat like a lot meat of just like compacts. It down. does. Yeah, it is. Now compact. the only issue with meat is. You know, I get the meat sweats now that I didn't used to get in my twenties. Just crushes me. I just. I can't imagine what those. Poor bastards go through the next day. Well, they, I mean, when you think about the the caloric intake that they go through, and then at some point you never hear this, what kind of dump do they take at some <laughs> That's point? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, like, it's got to be excruciating for days afterwards, right? Like, how many dumps does it take? That's not, that's not one dump or two. They have to, at some point, spend all day pooing. Yes, yes. Well, God bless America. <laughs> yes. Hashtag America. <laughs> this is the Eyes on Big Podcast. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I am Big Kirk. We thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>